Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. When my son Tomo came into the world, I got lots of advice from other parents. Turns out, people who have children love to share what they've learned about caring for a small human. And I tried to listen. I mean, it was my first time as a mom, and I didn't know what I was doing. But ask three parents a question, and you'll get three different answers. Everyone has an opinion on sleep training, elimination communication, and baby formula. The list goes on and on. But one piece of advice that stuck out to me came from two different friends. Both suggested I buy multiples of my son's favorite stuffed toy, in case it should ever get worn out, or worse, left behind on vacation. Regrettably, I ignored their warnings. I mean, where would you even begin to find a replacement for a child's favorite stuffed animal when that toy was last made more than 40 years ago and by a company that no longer exists? This is The Blue Suit, a podcast about the commonplace things that touch our lives and the uncommon people that transform them into something remarkable. I'm Shin Yi Pai. Today, the Dakin Drooper Dog, circa 1974, a.k.a. Poo Poo. Hi, I'm Deborah Treisman, fiction editor of The New Yorker and host of The New Yorker Fiction Podcast. On the podcast, I ask a great contemporary writer to select a favorite story from the magazine's almost 100-year archive to read and discuss. Together, we delve into the story, exploring its themes, its style, and what makes fiction work. You can listen to authors like Otessa Moshveg talk about why we write. Story, or attaching a story or creating a story, is this inclination that we all have to stop spinning And you can hear writers like George Saunders discuss the nature of storytelling. On the first read, you accept these things as descriptions, and they make you see the scene. But every line is a chance to inflect the reader's mind. You'll discover new favorite authors and read old favorites in new ways. Episodes of the New Yorker Fiction Podcast are released on the first of every month. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. What does it mean to live a good life? On the acclaimed podcast, No Small Endeavor, produced by Great Feeling Studios and PRX, theology professor Lee C. Camp explores this question every week, sitting down with courageous and impassioned people from all walks of life, like Hollywood legend Rob Reiner and New York Times bestselling author Gretchen Rubin. Like our show, the podcast covers intimate stories from the past and future, from conversations on cultural Korean beauty standards with TED Talk's daily host, Elise Hu, to discussions on how our religious differences should be treasured with Interfaith America founder, Eboo Patel. Together, they'll figure out what it means to find true happiness and how we can all flourish in our day-to-day life. Don't miss out. Follow No Small Endeavor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Shortly before my son Tomo's seventh birthday, I took his favorite toy away. Poo had belonged to me and been my beloved childhood stuffed animal, a brown and white dog that had been given to me by my parents. I took her on adventures to zoos and to see the Cavazon dinosaurs near our home in Southern California. She's there in so many of my childhood photos. My parents report that I hated dolls, but then the dolls of that era also didn't look anything like me. It won't find out the boy doll. Mm-hmm. When I tell you about today, girl doll, Harry, the boy. I didn't play with her? No. Not at all. <laughs> so I went to say, oh, boy, stop talking. It's fair to say my childhood was profoundly lonely. My father worked long hours at the used car dealership every day. My brother went off to school ahead of me and dove into embracing new friends. My mother was in her own world, figuring out how to remake her life as a young mother, an immigrant, and an artist. She didn't speak English, though my father was fluent. And my understanding of the Taiwanese language effectively ended when I turned five and went to school. But before that, I stayed home with my mom, and getting to know her was hard, let alone the other neighborhood children. So there weren't a lot of, if any, playdates. It was imagination time, all the time. And I always had Poo tucked under one arm. Like the Velveteen Rabbit, she was my dearest companion. And most of my entire life, she's held a special place in my heart. By the time Tomo was one, I'd gone back to work full time. He'd become inconsolable after I left for work. My husband Court carried him around the apartment, trying desperately to soothe him. Tomo would only stop crying when they stopped in front of my photograph. I couldn't be there for Tomo all the time, so I gave him the next best thing. I gave him Poopoo. Tomo loved Poopoo from the start, maybe a little too hard, but I was completely unprepared for how rough Tomo would play with Poopoo, swinging her in the air by a single paw. Another time, he tried to pull her through the bars of his crib and tore her head off. My mother is a skilled seamstress and used those skills to patch up Poopoo many times over the years, but I did not have the ability to put Poopoo back together. So instead, my partner Court sewed her up as best he could. Well, I knew my wife was very distraught that her beloved childhood friend had become injured, so I didn't want her to kind of bad feelings towards her child for the rest of his life. Someone had to do something and the uh, grandmas were too far away to intervene. So I I needed to try and help fix up the poo-poo so that everyone could be happy. Even though Court was able to repair poo-poo, I was worried about risking further injury. So I put poo-poo away. I put poo-poo on a shelf until Tomo could prove he could be gentler. Five years later, I pulled Poopoo out and reintroduced her to Tomo. My son was six. He was filled with happiness. He hugged her every day and carried her carefully with both hands or on a pillow. But even though he treated her much more gently, her pale pink stuffing started to show through her backside. So I constructed an elaborate story. I'd send Poopoo off to the doll hospital where she'd have a wash and get fixed. We boxed her up, and I promised to send her on her way. But instead of taking her to the post office... I hid her box in the back of my closet while I came up with another plan. 
I researched a couple of doll makers who specialized in stuffed animal repair. But this would mean sending off Poo for several months and having her disassembled and put back together with new stuffing and fur. Could I risk that she wouldn't be the same? I couldn't get the image of Beast Jesus out of my head. That amateur fresco restoration was so botched that it turned the Spanish town of Borja into a viral joke. If I wasn't careful, I'd end up with a stuffed animal that looked like bad taxidermy, and I couldn't live with that risk. So each night after Tomo would go to bed, I would spend hours at my computer, staring blankly at page after page of eBay and Etsy listings, searching for vintage stuffed animals. I tried every possible keyword combination that came to mind to describe Poopoo. Brown and white dog. Lying down puppy. 1970s dog. I found a vintage toy dealer and she turned me towards an online Facebook group that I'd never heard of. Plush Memories Lost Toy Search Service. I signed up and posted photos of Poopoo on their group wall. Plush Memories Lost Toy Search Service has over 18,000 members. All membership requests are approved by moderators. Their mission, locate lost stuffies. I was so out of options when looking for this stuffed animal. Pokey is a, a small rabbit, kind of mint green in color with white polka dots. The lady who recommended this group to me said that they could find anything. Plush Memories serves the exclusive purpose to reunite members with their lost childhood toys by helping them to find replacements. I'm neurodivergent, so this toy was very important to me because uh, at night, if I had bad anxiety ever since I was a kid, I would rub on the legs because it would make me feel better, and that's why she's disintegrating. Often, desperate mothers like me, who failed to heed the advice of their wiser friends, seek replacement toys for their kids or pets. Pokey and Barry are very sentimental to the family because they did everything with us. Once in a while, someone posts about a partner's long-lost stuffy, and then there are the postings from folks who are looking to recover something of their own childhoods. Sometimes they're looking for a stuffy that's been so well-loved that it's completely unrecognizable except for a dangling eye. Other times, the member may desperately try to hand-draw a memory of their toy, an oddly-shaped frog, or simply the face of a forlorn dog, with handwritten reference notes that say things like embroidered eyes, floppy ears. I never thought I would find Pokey again, and to find two was beyond words. And I was so ecstatic that they were able to find it in less than 24 hours when I've been searching for a replacement for literally three years. After I posted Poopoo's picture, I obsessively checked for responses over the next day. A member posted a link to an eBay listing of a stuffed dog. It looked nothing like my Poopoo. Definitely not a basset hound, but maybe a beagle? Scrolling through postings from other members, I knew that I needed to narrow down Poopoo's manufacturer to make any real progress. Three months went by, then six, then twelve. Soon, Tomo would be eight years old. He'd gone from missing Poopoo and wondering how long she'd take to get fixed to passionately demanding that I contact the doll hospital. How was Poopoo doing? Why was she taking so long? How long do you think she was gone? At least... Ten years. Ten years? That seems like a really long time. I think actually five. <laughs> Was it hard to be away from her, Tomo? I felt sad because she took forever. I doubled down on my search and set a goal to find a new poo-poo by the winter holidays. 
My late night online searches continued week after week, searching for Poopoo's replacement. Then one late night, I found her. I had clicked on an Etsy listing and up popped a familiar fluffy white face. Her long rabbit-like droopy ears, her lifelike brown eyes, her rounded paws. She was a 1974 Dakin Drooper dog. She cost $24 with free shipping. I hit the submit payment button and shut my laptop, feeling proud that my persistence had paid off. 30 minutes later, my order was refunded. The seller said that their stuffed dog had been ordered the day before on a different platform where they sold toys. I offered more money, but they had shipped their dog out to the buyer that very morning and been slow to take down their listing. I was crushed, but I'd learned a few critical details I could go back to the plush memories group with Poopoo's name and brand, and I could use the photos from the Etsy listing of a mint-conditioned stuffy with the hope that someone might recognize her. I reposted my search for a Poopoo replacement. By now, my partner was getting worried. Court came up with the idea of approaching a toy company that was known for turning children's drawings into soft replicas for $175. I uploaded Poopoo's photos and measurements to a website. I hesitated when they explained that they couldn't make an exact replica. They didn't use plastic materials, so Poopoo's eyes would have to be embroidered. A month went by, and finally they sent me photos of a plush prototype, but still it wasn't quite right. I sent them notes on what to change. Their next version was better. Not perfect, but closer. Court assessed the model and called her Cousin Poopoo. Same gene pool, but close enough to full Tomo. I was skeptical, but okayed the design. I paid them. Then we waited. A shipment from China during pandemic could take two months or longer. A week after approving Cousin Poopoo for production, a woman in St. Albans, Virginia, left a comment on my Plush Memories Facebook posting. She uploaded photos of her 1985 Dakin Drooper dog, which looked almost identical to Poopoo. I responded by posting the cutest picture of my red-headed mixed-race son I could find and asked if she'd sell, for his sake. She agreed. I felt a weight lifted from my shoulders. 1985 Poopoo arrived in a vinyl mailer just in time for Christmas and smelled of apple pie spice. And when she came back, did she look different at all? Yeah, she was more fuzzy. Cousin Poopoo arrived from China a few weeks later in the new year, with eyes a little less lifelike, but she was immediately embraced as family. Tomo carries his replacement Poopoo, Cousin Poopoo, and other friends around in a giant basket. They have tea parties, watch television, and keep him company, though he's happy to occasionally offer and share his Poopoo with me for an hour or an afternoon. She belongs to him. And my Poopoo? She stayed hidden in the back of the closet my secret from my son. One day, not too long ago, I took her out of her box to take her with me to California to see my parents. Poopoo's head needed restitching and her pink stuffing still showed. My mom performed emergency surgery. She reattached her head permanently and stitched up her balding spots. She fished her sewing needles out of a recycled tin box and repaired Poopoo's threadbare sections. How did you do it? Stitch by stitch. So the big hole became a small hole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. In her hands, I felt for a moment that a part of my childhood that was sacred to me 
had also meant something to her. Enough so that she responded to my childlike entreaties to keep fixing the damaged parts, with perhaps the same care that I wanted to imagine that she showed me as a young child, like when I scraped a knee from falling on asphalt. In reality, her touch may have been less than tender, but signs of love were there if I translated the meaning. I had to focus on the parts that had been mended together. It wasn't a mistake to give poo-poo to my son, but I'd failed to recognize how much of a sense of comfort was tied up in the object that had been given to me. Poo-poo wasn't just any toy. She was the good parts of a childhood I left behind. The symbol of a mother's love. I wanted to share that gift with my son, the person who became most dear to me when I became a mother. But there are memories that touch only my childhood, memories that I will always associate with my own mother's care, for which there simply can be no substitute. Next week's object is a Chinese-English dictionary. Do you have a special object that you hold close? Share it with us on Instagram. Tag at KOW and use the hashtag BlueSuitPod. The Blue Suit is produced by KOW in Seattle. Our host, writer, and creator is me, Shin Yi Pai. Whitney Henry Lester produced this episode. Jim Gates is our editor. Tomo Nakayama wrote our theme music. Our production team includes Michaela Giannotti, Tio Popescu, Hans Twite, Melissa Takai, and Brendan Sweeney. Special thanks to the Windrose Fund for their financial support. Thanks to Kyra Kochmanski and Nancy O'Connor, members of the Plush Memories Lost Toy Search Service. I hope you're enjoying the blue suit. If you are, tell a friend. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us get the word out. And thanks. And who is Poo Poo? Tell me about Poo Poo. Where does she come from? Poo Poo came from my mommy. She gave her to me. What does Poo Poo mean to you? Love. <laughs> hey, my name's Claire McGrain, and I'm a producer for Seattle Now, KUOW's local news podcast. There is a lot happening in our region, and it's a lot of work to keep track of it all. We'll get you caught up on the latest news and take a deep dive into something happening around the city, all in under 15 minutes. Get a morning walk-in or grab a cup of coffee and start your day with us. Learn something new and connect with our city by searching for Seattle Now wherever you get your podcasts.